This week on the Heartland Pod, I've got an opening statement on free exercise. Then we dig into talking politics with Satanic Panic Part 2, Electric Boogaloo, a Missouri state rep who wants people to move, and how culture war reactions can impact politics. Finally, Pennsylvania has flipped blue. Support our shows at heartlandpod.com and click on the Patreon link to sign up today. Lots to do, so let's go. Welcome back to the Heartland Pod. My name is Adam Summer, and I am your host. This is the regular Monday show, our talk and politics show with myself and my co-hosts, Rachel Parker and Sean Diller, who will join us in a moment. I'm a lawyer in West Central Missouri. Rachel is a writer, and Sean works in politics. And together, we bring big topics of the week with a special focus on the Heartland as we bring our middle-out approach to politics and work to change the conversation. We bring you shows five days a week, including Flyover View on Fridays with Kevin Smith, The Delta with Christina and Nicholas Linky, and High Country with Sean Diller every other Wednesday, and our newest show, Dirt Road Democrat, hosted by the one and only Jess Piper, every single Thursday. On Tuesdays, you can usually catch an interview, or maybe I'll deep dive into something going on in a local legislator. Support what we do by leaving a rating and review on the podcast app of your choice, and please, Apple users, make sure you do that. Scroll down, take a moment, and just hit that five-star button and leave a review for other folks to see what they get by listening to our shows. You can also follow us on your, your preferred social media network with at the Heartland Pod and support our work and join our growing personal social network via Patreon as well by searching for the Heartland Pod on Patreon or just going to heartlandpod.com and clicking the button to sign up there. Every single level has some kind of perk, including that special members only curated news feed, and social network. We have a mighty network that is just for the folks who sign up for our Patreon and you get signed up over there, you have access to that. You can come and join us and interact and share news stories and do it in a way that, you know, there's no trolls because it's a very closed system over there. So head to heartlandpod.com, click the link to sign up for Patreon today. All right, I have an opening statement for you on the free exercise clause. This uh, it was something I was thinking about anyway, and then we've had a lot of folks this past week who have said, some pretty dumb things, uh, frankly, when it comes to how the First Amendment works and how uh, religion interacts with the state. And, you know, uh, the, the free exercise of religion is just one of those things that people, people tend to weaponize it. Uh, they, they, they see it as a sword instead of a shield. And uh, I, think it's, I think it's being used that way. It's being used as an attack on other people's general way of life. So that got me thinking about it. So that's the opening statement. And then Rachel and Sean will be with me to uh, get to the rest of Talking Politics right after that. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. Those are the first words of the First Amendment, words that have been the subject of many court cases through the years and words that, in modern politics, are back under a microscope in a way that, frankly, makes no sense. Let's start with something important, some definitions. Respecting is a word that's doing a lot of work in that opening clause. So what does it mean? Well, it means with reference or regard to. So it doesn't mean giving deference or favor. It simply means relating to. Another way to say that would be you can't make laws relating 
to an establishment of religion. Then we get to that establishment part. Recall during the revolutionary period in America that the crown was the head of the Church of England and that the church was, in essence, an arm of the government. It was nationalized religion. Blood was shed in the name of religion regularly. The framers had that kind of context in mind here, that religion, when made part of government rule, is not only possibly harmful to government, but is downright dangerous and tyrannical in its use. But what's being highlighted in modern times is the free exercise clause. Many Republican lawmakers are perverting the phrase free exercise to include making laws that back up their political theocratic belief. Let's be clear. Using the free exercise clause to create and support policy is not a free exercise of your religion. It is theocratic lawmaking. Free exercise means the absence of policy that inhibits your personal exercise, not creating policy that forces others to comply with your worldview. When the law springs from a belief, even a sincerely held religious belief, it is necessarily in conflict with the Establishment Clause. Free exercise means you, personally, cannot be inhibited by the government from your personal and direct exercise of your belief. Once that crosses over into requiring action or inaction by others, we are moving from the free exercise into establishment questions. It is not okay. The pending legislation in places like Missouri, Ohio, Texas, Idaho, Tennessee, and other states are just those kinds of laws. They are laws designed to force compliance with religious views. They are laws respecting the establishment of religion. They are not, as they are being sold, laws to secure the free exercise of religion. It is sad that religion has been reduced to a political wedge being used to convince people to act with malice and hate toward their fellow human beings. But we can and should speak up on those issues and do so not with an eye for an eye, but with the compassion that supports those most vulnerable. It cheapens the belief of those whose religious convictions are true by making the words of their faith into nothing more than a cloak for those using that faith as a means to power while simultaneously undercutting the very foundation of American freedom. Forced belief is not free exercise. Forced belief will create false declarations. Forced belief undercuts the meaning of the belief in the first place. Now here's Talking Politics. Talking Politics. All right, we are ready for Talking Politics, and it's me, Adam Summer. Yes, uh, I know. Does it sound like me? Not exactly. A uh, little under the weather these last couple of days, but we're here. We're doing the thing. I've got Sean Diller. I've got Rachel Parker. Uh, just a classic busy, busy week on my end, and due to the uh, sickness in my throat, uh, I've got my second cup of tea in the last 28 minutes. Uh, started with some oolong to get a little caffeine. Now I've got a delicious uh, chamomile rocking out here just to keep things <laughs> refreshed in the pipe. So, Rachel Parker, how about you? You, uh, what you sipping on? Uh, plural, perhaps, because you had the week, like kind of the week of weeks. I did have the week of weeks. Thank you for sending up like that. Right now, I'm sipping on water. That will that will change shortly, probably. Out of um, necessity, let's be so, clear. Out of necessity, <laughs> yeah. So I. Uh, two things happened on Friday. One is I signed a settlement agreement with a commercial developer that I've been uh, uh, entangled with 
from whom I bought a condominium for let's see what is this it's been six years that's crazy six years of back and forth obfuscate and delay kind of tactics and i had a wonderful attorney and um we i think settled at a number that i feel like is it's never what you want 100 percent when you settle that's why right. it's called settling that's why it's settlement yeah if it work it's a settlement it means that both sides go okay 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 um but we did far better than i thought we would and um what that means for me as an individual is that I have a pool of funds that I can use to repair and ultimately kind of finish the restoration project of a historic building that I bought a condo in, in 2017 that was fucking leaking because they lied about the condition of the roof. Like it was a big, awful, terrible tangle of mess. And um, part of it is over. And I like, it is astounding I'll say to the to the listeners who are you know are ride or dies, like it's it is nice to have attorneys to talk to as friends and business <laughs> partners when you're in the middle of a litigation because they're like what's going because you like Adam and like on on kind of the retail law level you've been like where are you at right now okay yeah, yeah I understand like you have some you have some point of reference um, yeah I do very so similar types of was, lawsuits so like it was very wheelhouse yeah, stuff yeah. 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 And I was like, okay, mediation started and the mediation took all day on a Friday, stretched into an entire week. And we didn't really figure out what we were going to do until the end of the day on Thursday, which is so which Monday is crazy, pretty bonkers. So Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I was quite literally beside, but when people say like I'm beside myself, that's what I felt like. I was like, I feel like I'm sitting next to this person I know, and she's she's just very isolated right now. She's in a little happy corner that we call Rachel's Corner. This other bitch is driving the bus right now. Um, <laughs> we'll get back to happy, content Rachel soon. Um, and I don't remember what my life was like before this all started. Yeah. So I'm pretty excited and happy to not have this hanging over my head anymore in the way that it's been. It's been a huge consumption of my time and energy. I don't talk about that a lot. And I... A lot of my friends are equally unaware of the amount of um, uh, just logistical time it it sucks yeah. up and what that does to your creative energy. It takes all of it from you. It's it's because... something that I I talk to folks about all the time. Like you know, if you ever have that thought, like I want to get into a lawsuit, like oh boy, like it's way more than yeah. Than only people realize only only do it when one of two situations exists or two of two situations. If these two things coexist, then sue someone. If you absolutely thoroughly are utterly helpless without a lawsuit, right? Like if it's the only thing you have in your corner, and if you have really good evidence, right? If you have those two things, then you're fine. If you don't, just I don't know what else. To say. It'll I, still I don't probably know. Like, take twice or three times as long as you imagined when you started the process, correct. and you will not be able to fathom the stress that you will experience. That's right. That's while right. It is ongoing. But but um. So what people are hearing this. Uh, today so we're taping on saturday we literally tape sunday because yep. we're gonna we're gonna all watch the chiefs game i'm gonna watch the chiefs tomorrow super bowl yeah. rachel parker is gonna watch the super bowl that never happens there um uh and, and i am and i also on friday so seconds after i signed my uh you know agreement settlement agreement i walked into for the first time a missouri uh legal 21 and over cannabis dispensary uh over here in south city and I have things and I partook and then I had bourbon and this is a happy, happy, happy time 
for your friend Rachel. Rachel, <laughs> you, go. you guys, Rachel got to win. Be happy. Pump the fist. Be like, yeah, girl. All of it. Do it. Just celebrate <laughs> vicariously through me if you have no reason to celebrate otherwise. Beautiful. Sean Diller, how about you? Did you have an incredible smashing victory this week? Um, no, no. I was just thinking about how um, this morning I woke up at like 6.15. It's Saturday, like when we're recording it. So I woke up at 6.15 and uh, in the dark bedroom where like the box fan is creating all this noise, you know, I was thinking I was going to like, you know, quietly wake up and like tiptoe downstairs and like have some coffee by myself and read the news. And like, as soon as I got out of my bedroom, the the noise I hear is like, all the kids awake and like Michelle's making breakfast. And everything. Yeah. And I'm like, damn it. Trying now you to, missed uh, it by an hour. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, everything's been going great uh, at home. And yeah, these kids are just nuts. I don't, you know, anyone who has like kids running around, uh, you know, gets it. And people who don't have kids running around, it's just like, they're just insane. Um, yeah. I don't, yeah, they won't stop, and um, you know, I love them to death, and they are going to kill me. Uh. <laughs> That's if you want to know the level of sickness I am. I did not help with dinner or bedtime last night, and I did not help this morning at all with the kids. Like I just went to sleep and woke up at like eight something. I don't remember. Like that just, and I feel bad, but not, but like. That's how, like, as a parent, true sickness is when you feel so bad that the guilt of not helping the other parent is actually secondary to your sickness. But we should say, Jane had, your youngest had RSV. Yeah. So you caught a version of it, which has given you, like, really yeah, hardcore bronchitis. Yeah, I have a bronchitis. wonderful so, bronchitis thing going yeah. on. It's a good so time. We're, we're lead, so we're, the two of us are kind of leaning into the skit. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't like the show tonight, it's Sean Diller's fault. That's all you need to know. <laughs> That's if this doesn't work out blame sean that's my heartland pod this week talking politics it was bullshit it's sean diller's fault it won't be it'll be great we'll be fine but this is our like this is our kind of hot mess i love that yeah. like we were talking before we taped and i was like i should be doing this and adam was like no we're a mess like the whole yeah. point is that we're ha it's okay to do this when you're kind of half in the bag nobody's paying us like we're doing this yeah. in our free time welcome to like, real life this here's is our mess is. and uh thanks for hanging out with us to talk politics let's let's jump into uh the first one here All right, the true or false, the satanic panic is back, or of course, satanic panic part two, electric boogaloo. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, salon article uh, that that breaks this down pretty good for for the under. Rachel, can you tee up for the under? Uh, let's say forty five crowd 50. who. Yeah, say 50. it's okay. Just say maybe 50. Maybe know fine. what this is, but don't. Well, you know. Yeah, yeah so, 50. So in the in the eighties, um, the uh, the churchy types. So the churchy types always hated rock and roll. Let's be clear about that. There was always this like detest for rock and roll because it was jungle music. I'm I'm old enough to remember when pastors would refer to rock and roll. This is in the nineteen seventies and eighties. Referred to rock and roll still as jungle music so jungle music Which is of course translated a racially quickly. loaded phrase oh my god it's so ridiculous so jungle music it didn't take long for that to translate into satan is infecting our youth and heavy metal like became very popular when i was a teenager and um if you really want to 
uh, read about something that will make you want to slam your head into a couple of cinder blocks just for fun. It's Judas Priest getting sued by the family of a kid who tried to kill himself because they claimed there were satanic messages backwards when you played Judas Priest records. Like there was all this just absolute complete hysteria. Um, and so it was really just a form of a culture war, really. Um, and by the way, I still would contend that it hurt Al Gore's chances of president because Tipper Gore was all up in that shit. Um, and uh, I don't have this long article in front of me because I'm too inept to operate all my screens right now. But the the idea is that these what was it that they specifically said was Satan laced this particular well, week? There, there was the Grammy Awards, which had a that was a, it. Thank you. We're good. Sam okay, Smith, yeah. so Kim Petras. It doesn't. Yeah. yeah, that's right. All right. Thank you very much. So Sam Smith, who is non-binary right now, like he's he's come out as being non-binary and he sang a song and the MGT types, the Marjorie Taylor Greens, your Ted Cruz types. Well, and he was dressed tweeted, in like red with like devil horns and the like there was a lot of Unholy. imagery. Yeah, the song's called Unholy. Okay, great. So it's so it's the really same old boss, it, same say. as the new boss. Yeah, same old boss, same little the whatever. Uh, leaning into like the their and the thing that's so funny about it now is that they're they were out of touch then but they were out of touch and in control of the cultural swing of the country and now they're kind of not and they're going back to like a classic like they're trying to go they're trying to rev up the super far right older folks in the base who remember this kind of paranoia from the 80s and 90s and i think it's like what the salon article i think points out really well is that it's probably not going to be successful that trump what probably came rose in part because he was kind of a secular guy or at least he was seen that way so right um i just wanted to say like i wanted to really talk about this because i'm still kind of literally traumatized by the satanic panic of the 80s and 90s i mean they put people to jail they put people in jail and on death row on the guys that they sacrificed people at these satanic rituals it got really intense it was kind of a the um the the it took over where the huac and anti-communist stuff sort of left off like there was this big vacuum after people got less paranoid about um uh uh socialism and what took over was was satan uh and so i think it's just kind of pathetic to see this resurgence but right. of course i want to hear what sean has to say about how dumb this is because it's always entertaining to listen to sean talk about how dumb well, and, and it gave us i'll, I'll bridge it over to sean because it did give us dana carvey's church lady which is a is a classic <laughs> right. um and it's just you know it's very simple formula right set up soft targets for hate fear of the unknown is a real thing set up the unknown and then define the unknown right so now what you're hearing is gay equals pedophiles and groomers trans trans and non-binary equals mental disorder and then they then they connect it to the left and then they say anything on the left equals satan um, and then, and then there's just the great irony that, um, you know, a satanic group, you know, right. Would necessarily acknowledge the existence of God and Christian, you know, dogma and everything else. And so, but, but then they try to also connect it to atheism for the communist thing. And it's just like, it, it's all this stuff jumbled together. And what they're really just trying to say is bad but they're using all of these symbols to do it. Yeah, Sean, from a from the politics side of this, um, I mean, it, A, is this a bubble up story? And B, talk about the politics here. Yeah, it's interesting. 
to me because you know when these figures like marjorie taylor green and lauren bobert and ted cruz and like christian fundamentalists is what i'll say um you know when they freak out which Jeff, is what i happened. think that's a fair label by the way and i don't i i think that for folks who you know if you're if you're a religious person fundamentalism like is a really hardcore thing right we're not just talking about a believer we're talking about somebody who is is using some literal words in a way that you know maybe causes i don't know a misunderstanding frankly and a misconception of 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 what the belief well, even and, is and outright prejudice too like ridiculous right, and, right, right. and that's why i brought up the jungle music thing because this movement that manipulates the fears of people of christian people is rooted in white supremacy that's where it started i mean i i watched it happen it didn't take a lot of intelligence to watch these two things sort of marry each other um and i i don't like i want to hear what sean thinks about do you think this is a show of desperation do you think that it will be effective i personally don't think it's going to be effective but um i'm curious to hear what you think yeah so so these these Christian fundamentalist legislators um, freaked out about the Grammys and said that it was basically from the devil and that it was demonic was one of the words that Marjorie Taylor Greene used. And, you know, in the article, the article spends a lot of time kind of, you know, basically uh, criticizing the Christian fundamentalists, saying that it's performative and that they don't actually believe in demons, but they're doing this for the political gain. And. I don't believe that, you know, like I think Marjorie Taylor Greene does believe in demons. Um, I think a lot of Christian fundamentalists believe in demons and that there are demons swirling all around us all the time. My dad, my dad does. Right. I mean, right. So when we so, say that, of like, course, the great Satan himself is a red fellow with a bifurcated tail and a pitchfork. <laughs> yeah. What is that? Is that oh, oh, a member of imps and demons. And that's a uh, oh, brother. Heart. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but like connecting Hollywood and pop culture, you know, to Satanism is one thing, but then connecting like permissiveness or like tacit approval of Hollywood being satanic, you know, putting that on the Democratic Party is a reach, um, you know, and I don't, you know, I think these people are pretty you know, harsh not... language from Sean Diller. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think. You know, I think they're completely out of touch with regular folks, most people, and I think they are saying very extreme things that are part of the reason that independents are moving away from the Republican Party. Um, you know, and I, I do get upset about it because, you know, the demons are, you know, the demons are in Marjorie Taylor Greene's head because she's literally the one thinking about them. And then the demonic behavior is also coming from those individuals, the hateful, paranoid, burn it down actions. That's the demon, you know, like I, the evil acts <laughs> that are being taken are the ones that are trying to have regular people treat our neighbors as subhuman or, you know, just, I do get upset about it, even though it's so stupid. Um, you know, but you have to think that, but, like, in yeah. the 80s, people did believe well, this Well, okay, so let me say another thing. So yeah. I'm going to go way past the 80s. This is not – so I'm reading a really great book called The Swerve. I don't know if people have read this before, but it won a National Book Award and the Pulitzer Prize, and it's about uh, a man named Poggio Bracciolini in Italy in the 1400s. 
right? <laughs> and so this is a time when this is like the dark ages. This is when the Pope and the church were burning heretics at the stake right. anytime they found one. Um, and it was because they kept saying things that they thought were evil and they were pushing evil messages. And so the church murdered these people, burned them at the stake and, and even scattered their ashes and all their fragments of bones, like into a river so that no one could, you know, collect a piece of one of these people and make them into a martyr. You know, it was this extremely aggressive, vicious, violent machine. And, you know, I think people like Ted Cruz and Marjorie Taylor Greene act like that's what we should have. You know, that's kind of where they go. And uh, yeah. it's ridiculous. I don't think it's, you know, uh, really, yeah, that's, um, yeah. I well, and, and that's, I, I get into, I got into that some with the open this week. Um, there's this lawmaker in Missouri who, a very young guy, he's a, he's a state rep and he's, you know, hardcore, right? And he's a believer. And he's talking about free exercise of religion. And and we have taken this this thing, this free exercise thing. And like when you when they say we want rules about behavior, right? It, we're no longer talking about exercise at that point. We're talking about establishment clause stuff. And that's kind of the entire, you know, I think that's why this topic for me spoke so much and why it continues to be something that I worry about so much because of what Sean, what you just talked about is it's not like, it's not like they didn't know better in the 1400s. Some of them did, right? Yeah. There was, we didn't have near the understanding of things that we have now in the 1400s, but some of them knew what they were doing and it was conscious and they were just stifling dissent, right? They were just eliminating threats to power. The Catholic Church had control of the country. They were threatened by people who said things like the earth revolves around the sun. They were threatened by people, you know, Galileo is a prime example that most folks know. These were not people who were doing bad things to other people. These were people who were saying things that questioned the authority and the power right. of the church. And the these fundamentalists are fine with theocracy. And I've said for many, many years, that that's my biggest worry in this country is that extremism will lead us to a theocratic type element. And well, we're think, seeing that now. I think one of the things that we talk about a lot is that for, and we're going to get to this a lot this week. It's really, we're, we're very much a state politics week this week on the Harlem right. pod. We're very, very steeped in state things. And for people that don't understand what it's like to live in a place that has a Republican supermajority in 2023, it already is in some ways a theocratic totalitarian government that's already happened, right? Like we live in that we don't have a state health director because he wasn't fucking pro-life enough for these people. And that happened during a pandemic. It's so right. calcified in the state that there is no Republican who could win if they didn't sound like a lunatic at this point. There's well, like Josh the Hawley's thing... main launching pad was that he was connected to the Hobby Lobby birth control case. Yeah, totally. Which was a totally. religious so I think, ruling. So I wonder, like, and I because tr it's the true false, which we've talked about probably a bit more than we usually do, is you know, is this satanic panic kind of back? Is this really representative of sort of the, I, I would say, like the cultural tone of the country? And my feeling is no. But I've questioned for a while what they were going to do after they didn't have abortion as a wedge issue anymore, because you right. can't really campaign with it anymore. You can't really say, like, 
they're going to try they're going to try to campaign and we're going to make sure that abortion is even less legal than it is now like they're going to throw that out and see if it works but i guess the question is like true false john diller is this a can this be a thing still do you think yes 100 percent. i mean i think you know it's going to be something that is uh you know, encouraged by some of these fringe figures. And I think that's what we really need to be doing to push back is like just, you know, Ted Cruz is a fringe figure. Marjorie Taylor Greene is a fringe figure. That doesn't mean we don't talk about them. It means we remind regular Republican voters, real people who might be sympathetic to Republican ideas that like it's run by fringe extremist individuals which which will be something we talk a little bit here in the in the buy sell uh, in just a few minutes that's a that's a good point um it, it is it's so interesting because i i agree i think it's true i think it can be back and the more interesting part to that is we've already seen like the late 40s into the early 60s was a period in time where the heavy hand of the anti cult right conform conform with us culture was super heavy in that time frame and then what did we wind up with we wound up with the hippies we wound up with the 60s we wound up with this right the rebound effect of that is so well, and huge and you have to you have to plop a nice dollop of 9-11 in there too right because nothing calcified and kind of coagulated and unified the christian right quite as much as being attacked by muslims right so they had this and george w bush like for you know i always say that trump was kind of his sequel in ways that people don't like to admit i personally think that he was um and that was kind of the moment when uh the the that far right realized they get a real political power that was the realization of decades of efforts um but i wonder if i mean i i would say and then i'll throw back to adam i i think that in a place like missouri that's going to work really well but i think in other places it's not right in any place that where there's uh, enough of a there's more dense populations there's a, a a younger uh voting base things like that like those tweaks in demographics and those variances in cohorts will mean that the only place that the Republicans can retain power is in places like Arkansas and Missouri. We're going to talk about Arkansas in a second. Um, But what that says to me is, is that they will pump money no matter what the Koch brothers say they're going to Koch brothers say he's going to do like they're going to get dark money is going to continue to funnel into these parts of the country where they can have terrible impacts on public education, unions and wages and healthcare. So we have to be vigilant um, as much as we want to like oh, at this stuff. I'm still super traumatized with what they got away with during the satanic panic, because at some point it got so detached from reality, but it had to kind of be, they had to be contended with. Right. Yeah. So they were given like legislative power. Um, and I think the legislative power is kind of going in the reverse. It's kind of going downhill, like into more like States and local offices, like, Oh, I don't know. School boards. Right. Attorneys general, things like that. So uh, I think that's a good point. Sean, uh, wrap us up on this and we'll move on. They're after our freedom. The f-ers. You know, this is America. So just stop it. Well said. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. Are the yeah, no. Uh, this one comes right out of Missouri. Uh, we have a uh, local Missouri lawmaker who, you know, instead of debate and you know, open thought and communication, he would prefer that if people disagree, that they just leave the state. 
You're just gonna um, play this video, right? Because it's yeah, the best gonna, thing ever. I'm gonna play this to uh, this clip. So it's Representative Chris Lonsdale who says these people are so hysterical and overdramatic. What radical legislation are we debating? Banning hormone replacement therapy and irreversible surgeries for minors, not allowing minors to attend drag shows. Nothing is stopping you from moving to Illinois if you don't like it. Um, and so Jeremy uh, Danner. Let's just can I just can I just tell him all of the things that are stopping me from moving to Illinois? Can I just start a yeah. short list? I don't want to. There you there go. You we're go. done. That's I don't want to live in Illinois. Don't have to I want to live in fucking home. Missouri. Fuck right. This is where this I is live, asshole. Thank you. So Jeremy Danner, friend of the friend of the pod, uh, and noted hilarious uh person. So funny. Uh what I who, miss most about Twitter, honestly, is Jeremy Danner. I'm not yeah, he's lie. good. So he called uh Chris Lonsdale's office. Uh, Chris Lonsdale's a representative out of a part of Kansas City. And uh this is this is what happened. I'm just gonna play play the audio here. Hi, Chris. Uh, this is Jeremy Danner. Um, I tweeted at you a couple times, and I actually sent you a direct message. You said that you wanted to talk to anybody, but you haven't responded to me. And I was curious about your assertion that folks who disagree with you should move to Illinois if, if they don't like it. Um, that's a weird position for an elected official in the state of Missouri to take, and I was curious if you could explain that or expand upon that for me, please. <laughs> yeah, so that's the fucking, yes, click. Click. It's like uh, yeah, an I was just curious click. if you could explain what you said. Click. Just, it's insane. It's the ultimate. It's the guy who had no opponent, basically. Right. That into and of itself is, yeah, no. Like, oh, it, God Yeah, and it, it goes really? right on point with the initiative petition bills, right? So this is coming out on Monday the 13th. Um, happy Valentine's Day this week. Uh, and this, today, this Monday... They are debating initiative petition bills in Jeff City, um, and they kept a list. Uh, so uh, Galen McCarrier from uh, Springfield News Leader, who we've had on before, and uh, does a really good job of covering stuff in the state of Missouri. Uh, if you're still, if you're doing the Twitter thing at Galen McCarrier, uh, there's a link to his Twitter in the show notes. Highly recommend following him. Initiative petition reform. They have a a, a cheat sheet with the purpose, the current process. And then a list, examples of bad additions to the Missouri Constitution, uh, human cloning, and then clean Missouri, and then uh, medical marijuana, and then expanding Medicaid, and then legalizing marijuana. So they're All the things, things that everybody likes. Like. Right. They're listing things that everybody else does like that. That's what I love about how much I think this is just going to like – be they're this massive that were approved by voters by right. huge they're, margins they're, and then the republican margins. party said we don't want that and we want right. to get rid of it and minimum wage don't forget minimum wage and voting voting down rights to work two times two times two times but these are the ones Just, on like, the talking points sheet yes that they're yes. using it i wonder days. i wonder yes. who i wonder what pathetic slug in the uh republican like staff and the, the missouri house representatives like had to write all this down like get in it like i'm sorry that this is where your life has ended you don't have to do this or this came directly from a dark money group i don't know which well it's pretty I don't shitty know it's really one. lazy writing so like if you look at the right. um yes the missouri constitution <laughs> I, love that, sean, I love that you're like critiquing it's it extremely like it's lazy writing terrible. i was hoping yeah that's all just go bad next, sean so go for it yeah so like they so it's a it's a one pager that is just reasons why we're right that we should make it way harder for Missourians to pass initiatives at the ballot box. You know, we being the Republicans in this case, because they're trying to take away that or make it much harder for right. Missouri voters to pass laws through ballot initiative. And so they say in the Missouri Constitution that 
It says all political power is vested in and derived from the people that all government of right originates from the people is founded upon their will only and that it is their soul. The people of the state have the inherent soul and exclusive, exclusive right mm -hmm. to regulate the internal government and, and police, the police thereof and to alter and abolish their constitution and form of government whenever they may deem it necessary to their safety and happiness. So that's what's written in the real constitution. Right. Then there's a sentence that says, <laughs> changing the Missouri constitution must only be allowed if a large, broad, and diverse segment of the people agree with the change. Which is what made the that constitution up. says. Right. <laughs> that's just the, the sentence that they made up. And then they say, well, the way to get a large, broad, diverse segment of the people is to require a majority of all voters in the state and then majorities in a majority of the state legislative districts, which right. like is so ridiculous. Like that's the only way to, to, you know, realize the, the, and, <laughs> the purity just, that they're going for. And just it, think about like how easy it is. Sorry. Just really quickly. Like, how easy it is to oppose this, this ballot proposal that they want us that they want voters to vote on like all we all people have to say is these are the things that they think you shouldn't have legal marijuana medicaid a higher minimum wage and the right to form a union all this is what more, they think you shouldn't have the thing that you sh they think you shouldn't have is a voice right, right. And How, like that's that's so fucking black and white voters love black and white issues like this is such a like sorry go ahead sean continue oh no not at all yeah i mean they're they're full of shit you know the the argument for this change is really weak like that's what i was trying to put together like their own talking point like you look at the whole thing the one page it's like single space they fill it all up and you look at it and you're like yeah this doesn't make any sense like it says the people have the sole exclusive inherent right to change the constitution and the government, you right. know, so like the idea that you guys should even put this in front of the voters is pretty suspect. Right. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. But can we just go back to the fact that Jeremy Danner called to get somebody on record who is a lawmaker at Missouri and his response wasn't even thank you for calling. It's always like, you know, we're never going to maybe see eye to eye. Like it used to be that you would get a Republican right. on the phone or you talk to one of their staffers and they'd be like, can I take your name? Can I take your number? Nobody like I, they just can't just take click. Heat. So how about we just put more heat on these fucking people? I don't know. Like if you live in these districts, there's no heat for me to put on my state rep. If you can't back my up what you say is, on yeah. Twitter, on the phone or in another type yeah. of setting, what kind of then you're a coward. It's, it's really that, that also, simple. That also shows that if you do call, if you do do something, there's no like on some level. I mean, yeah, sure. I can call Peter Meredith tomorrow and tell him how I feel. Right. He'll go. I know. I'm so sorry. This is ridiculous. And we'll, we can have him on the pod again and he can be awesome again. And he can talk about how this is all about taking away land and clean water and clean air and the right to organize and all these fundamental things. But if you live in a swing district or you live in a Republican district, you need to get on a phone. Right. Like you need to tell all the people you know to like get on a phone and be like, what are you doing? Because there is some impact when they hear from you, as evidenced by the fact that this dude couldn't even say, 
hello, thank you for calling right. to somebody who lives in Missouri after he was like, why would you tell me to move, dude? Like, Sean, why would you on... say, like... Yeah, Sean, last word on this topic. Yeah, so my last word would be, like, if you do call or if you are talking with the legislator, don't fall into the trap of, like, trying to be some kind of smarty pants and ask a smart question. Just tell him, I hate what you're doing. I am really upset at how you're attacking LGBTQ kids. I'm really upset about how you're just destroying our ability to govern ourselves. This yeah. is supposed to be America. <laughs> I guess that's how I close the last one, but I want to, well, but it is a similar theme, uh, limitation of rights, limitation of voice, limitation of participation. That's the point. That's the goal. And a, a shout out, uh, on a honorable mention. Yeah. No, to Steven Weber, who's running for state Senate out of Boone County, uh, who did a barbecue tour. He did a two week barbecue tour of Missouri barbecue in honor of, uh, Josh Hawley, not knowing, anything about Missouri barbecue at all. And he said uh, that he's, I've eaten barbecue all over the state. I'm being completely objective. The best barbecue in all of Missouri is in Boone County. Uh, oh. <laughs> yeah, bullshit. <laughs> Boone County is where he is running. And so I appreciate the uh, pander, which I responded of all the lies a politician can tell this is the best kind. Uh, Cause it certainly is, but yeah, that's uh that's, it's just flat out wrong. So just had to uh just had to say that i love columbia i love boone county but this is it's just uh and i actually i can't speak on it because i've only been to bandanas <laughs> well that doesn't even count yeah that's not it does not yeah. count no that's, that's true. true that's like saying i went to a steakhouse because uh, you got a bourbon street steak at applebee's like it's not uh <laughs> it's not the same that's true <laughs> let's move on to the buy or sell All right, the buy or sell. The left dismissing culture war figures as a joke does more harm than good. Uh, I buy that. We just talked about it a little bit in the early portion of this during the true false. Um, you know, it, it is easy. And in this past week, it was extremely easy to laugh at a Marjorie Taylor Greene, right? There was the memes going around. She had this, this insane Corella DeVille fur coat. Uh, while she's heckling Joe Biden and, you know, that was solid. That was solid. It, it was. I, I and it's funny. Together, and that, that would be solid. funny yeah. all the time. Right. That's always funny. Right. And it's 100%. fair game. Yeah. They're, they're public officials. It's totally fair game. But there's a difference between that, which is hilarious. And then assuming that everything that this woman says or that Ted Cruz says or anything like that, that it's just stupid and nobody agrees with them and we should just laugh at well, all of it because that's not I'll, true. I'll say, I'll say like the reason that this came up is because I saw people responding to Sarah Huckabee Sanders response to the state of the union. That's what right. like really right. occurred to me. And um, I saw plenty of comments from people who are probably not from this part of the country who probably maybe are from here, but don't live here anymore. Whatever your coast, I call them, as you know them, I call them edge millennials and edge liberals, right? Like younger people who live in the coast uh, and people who have lived on the coast for like a long time who are closer to my age or older. And like the comments about Sarah Huckabee Sanders were like, oh, this one's a joke. Or she's just pathetic. If only she, she just wants to still be. She is one of 50. She's the governor of a state. And I know it's easy to look at a girl like her and be like, oh, isn't she pathetic? She's so dumb. She can sign bills into law that absolutely will totally affect your life right now. So I'm not saying that. I don't care if you're mean about her. I don't, I'm not saying protect her feelings. I'm not saying that it's mean to laugh at her 
because it's ri- because ridicule is cruel. I'm saying writing someone like her off and not understanding the sway that she could possibly have over a lot of people in the country is still to undermine the power that governors actually have in the United States. And to see that is still a little bit insulting to me, frankly. That's what I wanted to say about that whole thing. Sean? Yeah, it's a hard one. Um, What kind of came through for me when I was thinking about this is, I'm glad you said the word ridicule, Rachel, because I think in politics, you know, ridicule can be super effective. Um, If the voters are going to the ballot box thinking that one of the candidates is a joke, they're not going to be very likely to vote for that person because people don't like wasting their votes. It's very, you know, that's something that's always been true. Um, People don't really do protest votes. They don't waste their votes. Um, That's why when you look at how many write-ins there are, it's like, you know, there'll be 25 in a a state of 6 million people. Um, But what I did think of, you know, because I've lived around uh, the country and, you know, I've been in some of these places where like all the all the smart kids are. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's like ridiculing Sarah Huckabee Sanders because she's completely out of step with American values is the way to do it. But when you ridicule her because of like what she's wearing or because of other things that like the other 66% of Americans who don't have a college degree would also be, you know, maybe offended by, like, if you make fun of how she talks or just literally where she's from, you're not going to win over people in Arkansas by shitting on someone because they're from Arkansas. Right. Right. Um, so, or because they have an accent or because right. they, whatever, physical appearance, just, like physical just, appearance is not going to work either, by the way. Also, right. also just like forgetting that she holds real power over the lives of a lot of people. Absolutely. And, like whenever you know Josh Howley is now a national laughing stock, I don't have to say anything to anybody about him. Um, there is, I think, an understanding of what he is. People understand the threat of him, but people still don't understand. I think the, con- the context. Josh Harley. Josh Harley. Nice. Very Sorry, nice. Thank you. To, that yeah, is how you pronounce. That's correct. That is. Your and, correct and, and, my by the way, a perfect example of the difference between laughing at a buffoon who's being a buffoon. Is yes. that right? That's we are laughing at Josh Hawley because he's a buffoon who has well, also, we, put himself in position we have to, to be s- laughed at. But I'm not laughing at the influence and power that he can have right. over the people who That's are right. listening to That's him. That's right. And I think the more I don't know, I just want people to be aware that underneath her, uh, she's the gut like under there. Okay. She's a dangerous this person, is, right? Also, she lifts yes, up hateful yes. mob. How, she's talking about how the woke many, mob. She's yeah, the one she's whipping fucking, up a mob. She's a fucking terrorist and she's a governor and she's a fucking terrorist. And like, I just want to clear I want to clarify people that the path from Arkansas to Washington, D.C. is pretty fucking intact, I'd say. Like, don't forget that we've had, uh, let's see, in my life, since I was in my 20s, four, like five major uh, presidential candidates for uh, on the Democratic side, Bill Clinton. And Hillary Clinton, who are both from Arkansas. So, like, understand these people, if you don't see it today, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, whether you like it or not, she has three more years of being a governor. She could absolutely be a presidential candidate in 2028. Don't snooze on her. 
she's smart her dad was the governor she's dumb like she's i'm not saying that she's a brilliant tactician i don't know how it's relatively easy to have the last name huckabee and be elected governor of a state however these people are very good at using these platforms to become more powerful the next time there is a republican in dc she could join the administration now she doesn't have to just be the talking head of a lunatic she could be actually like the head of a department she could be a secretary like she could be vice president she could be vice president so it's not funny that's all i don't know is that my being petty am i being ridiculous no i think i think it's a good point and i think it's i just think it's an important distinction because it's an easy trap to fall into it's something that the right does a a ton right is is make fun of the the physical features the yeah it's the nelson months laugh and i'm like shut up don't do that exactly she's not she's not some talking she's not some fox talking head that you can make fun of she is an elected government official there are less of her than there are senators right right right? governors are powerful there's 50 of them she is 150th of like i would say like the fourth most powerful branch in american politics that people still don't talk about enough sean last word on this and we'll move on yeah she's a dangerous person you know um one of the the previous arkansas governors orville fabus uh had the national guard try to uh keep segregation in arkansas into the 1970s almost uh 1960s for sure what it was the president repeat repeat that person's name again please orville Dude. fabus Fob- god bless you this is why i'm friends with sean diller because you know that you have that just boop, just pop it out like i've yeah, got this the right Rock here nine you know it's yeah. like yeah yeah, yeah sure yeah and it's like so she is a dangerous person she is whipping up a mob and um you know it's, it's not a joke but we should ridicule her when we uh when we're in the right mood and if we have something actually really funny yeah, if they do something funny like the marco rubio water sip josh holly running like that was really those funny. are funny things <laughs> that should be made fun of uh, looking like cruella Deville while heckling the president is a funny thing to, to make fun of right. um but be careful you know that you're you know don't, you don't snooze i think that's your chocolate I think, yeah, and your I peanut think butter that's, i think that's the thing is just don't snooze don't yeah. snooze on people yeah. like her don't be don't like hide in your closet and right. go lock yourself in the basement yet but like right. understand how power works in america and govern being a governor could be potentially a very powerful launching post for a presidential campaign when people are ready for a nice conservative white lady. That'll happen. Right. We're America. Exactly. Well, let's move on. We've closed and every segment with "This is America." Big one. <laughs> yeah, we have. I like that's it. A, that's a good point. I need the, uh, I came ill-prepared. I need the Randy Marsh uh, drop for that. I'm sorry. I thought this was America. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, all right. Uh, the big one uh, is Pennsylvania, because Pennsylvania is big, and also because the state legislature of Pennsylvania has flipped blue. And so the question for the big one is, Pennsylvania flips blue. Is it a Liberty Bell weather? Is it now? You know, we talked about Virginia, not the bellwether. Stupid place. Oh, yeah. to can I can I talk about how right we were about this for just a second? Can right. I do like a mini victory lap and set up Sean to sound smarter than me? Okay, here we go. And not quite as inebriated. Seriously, though. So when Glenn Youngkin was running for governor right after Joe Biden won in 2020, there was all this like, Virginia is the bellwether of the U.S. If Glenn Youngkin wins, that's going to mean everything, right? And everybody just hyper-focused on this governor's race. And we, on our wee little podcast, were like, Dude, Pennsylvania is way more of a bellwether of America than Virginia is, first of all. 
And second of all, if they if you see a big shift in Pennsylvania politics, then you, that is a sign of what people are really thinking about and how people are turning against these kind of ridiculous conservatives because you had so many running in Pennsylvania. And this is the first time they've had the majority since when? Like, how long has it been? I think since 2010 years. Oh, maybe just. I think I think they had the majority in 2010, but they've only had it for like two years. The last 30 ish years or something like that. 25, okay, 30 right. years. So this is a really pivotal. I'm I'm super like when you come to, when you want to talk about like the real the real meat and the real spine of American politics, you always have to follow how these states operate, because once a state like Pennsylvania has re, has has relatively progressive. I mean, you've got like that's a pretty center left slate of leaders that they have in the state right now. Um, and including their senators. So that means that the Democrats now have actual influence in Pennsylvania. Right. True. You can't take it away from them. They have it right now. And that's that, actual center left, not right. 1997 Co- center. That's left. right. That's no correct. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Fetterman is like a real for, for fucking real center. So I am excited because that means that there's been only like a handful of states in the last 20 years that could pass kind of pro climate pro I'll say pro patient because I don't say pro woman anymore I say pro patient legislation Medicaid expansion minimum wage increases there's so much that can happen now because Pennsylvania can't pass ballots they can't pass um initiative petition process they don't have one so it's all on the state legislature so super thinking that this is a very exciting moment and i'm uh i love that we get to chew on this one for a little while connecting to the you know the the super bowl that just happened yesterday uh when you're listening to this uh tomorrow when we're talking about this uh you know philadelphia is where some of the seats that flipped that made this possible is the surrounding area of philadelphia where even in some of these suburban districts the Democrats did well this cycle. And Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh had yeah, a huge Pittsburgh. impact. Huge and that, impact. that's really important that it's not just that they're winning the – it's not just a gerrymandering effect. There's some of that that they balance the map a little bit better, but it's not purely a safe district thing. Even in the competitive districts, Democrats are running better. Sean, uh, you're shaking your head. Give me a good, a good hearty up and down here. Take it away. Sure. Yeah. So, <laughs> I never actually realized when I'm doing that, that people can see me, <laughs> um, but it's like, just man, us, buddy. Like We're a, the only ones you know, that can see you, but it I is like, really edifying. I like to use it because it's... Sean, Sean like gives away his level of agreement and yeah, engagement. It is. Like, the, what like, his amplitude. Doing. Yeah. 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 Sometimes he's down like to the left and then sometimes and, yeah. he's like looking out the window and then sometimes yeah, Sean will be, He's Sean nodding will be reading, like a crazy so, person. Yeah, Sean will be reading, so it looks like he's kind of in profile on this because I know he's looking for... Sometimes he's just listening and, like, the big affirming nods are like, I'm smart. Like, that's how yeah. I feel about it. <laughs> I feel like I'm a smart person. Sean agrees. So, so Sean, take, take, take it away from the nod. Yeah, totally. So we, what we can't forget about Pennsylvania is the chaos around the Trump-Biden election and the chaos that ensued afterwards with Dr. Oz, who I don't think wanted chaos, but like it came and he was definitely a big part of it. And then the other guy, Doug Mastriano, who is a full-on, you know, crusader for the Trump, uh, you know, yeah, Both of them were, both, Mastriano was a huge election denialist. Like he was a huge right. 2020, Joe, I don't recognize Joe Biden as the president of the United States and a state that Joe Biden won. Like that was the thing. I was like, buddy, buddy, buddy. 
He won right. your state, though, eventually. Like, come on, read the room. So, so when we see, like, you know, suburban and kind of exurban voters sending Democrats to replace Republicans, I don't know how many actual flips there were when the whole chamber flipped. Um, but nationwide, Democrats flipped five legislative chambers. And I think it was the first time in a very, very long time that the president's party did that in a midterm election. I'm trying to find the... I lost it in my notes, but anyway, yeah, it, it is a historical kind. Of, it is the kind of thing that, like, when you're a political science student, like, that's like almost like a law of physics is like the in party doesn't do that. Like, it's right. not going to happen. That's right. right. It's like physics. That's, right. you're, that's a really good yeah. analogy. Thank um, you. I'm good. I'm told I'm good at analogy. <laughs> but the pendulum that it it does keep swinging, and um, it's since 1934. I'm seeing that now. Um, the, the so nearly a so hundred so nearly a hundred fucking years right and so i think you know pennsylvania is a bellwether i think this idea that mitch mcconnell hit on that i'm just going to keep crediting him with uh saying it because he only says things that he knows are you know yeah, pretty if much you want to know the current string of what is the current correct stream of american political thought as far as where the power is deriving from listen to mitch mcconnell Right, right. A hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. And he said, you know, independent voters rejected the chaos and nasty campaign tactics of Republicans in a lot of places. And so, you know, I think it's it's further proof that this is continuing to happen, that, you know, like the new GOP majority has not, like, changed Americans' minds for the better um, about how they intend to govern. You know, like, they are still the party of chaos. Um, and... I think they're really leaning into it. You know, when I think about the State of the Union address, multiple reports that I read said that the president and his team thought that there was a good chance that he would get heckled at these specific yes. places and that it would be Medicare. And um, I think immigration was the other one, the border. And so. And he, they... as good as, as good as he is. So I, I did watch the speech. I don't always watch, but I did watch. And. He did a really good job, but I could tell that he was – so I do this sometimes. Um, you can do it in a trial where you say something that I know is going gonna, is gonna to garner an objection, but you need your witness to hear it because then they can take what you've just That's said right. That's and right. go further. And intentional, so he was, intentional provocation, really. Yes. It's, Controlled, it, it, intentional. The, yeah. the objection I'm going to get is probably argumentative to it and then i'll just rephrase the question and ask you a different way and that's what he was doing he was poking them with argumentative statements getting them to object to the statement so that he could then say what he actually wanted to say and then they would have to agree with it because they had just rejected the other thing and it, that's what they were doing and they did it three or four times and it worked because specifically because and don't get me wrong he's still an old man who presented himself mostly as an old man but in those couple of moments, you could see that see that gear that he still got in there, where he can just oh, 100%. he can just do it. He can do it better fact, than most. The fact that he I never thought he would be this guy, and I didn't watch the speech either. I read about it. I read about the response. I'm not going to watch the Republicans' response to the state of the. Are you kidding me? I have I have a life to lead. I don't need to know what Sarah Huckabee Sanders said. I can read about it the next day. You can barely watch um, regular TV. Yeah. 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 <laughs> But I did like when I was reading about sort of his like his the little spars that Biden had with the like extremists on the right in the House. Um, I was like, 
oh my god he's gonna be fine in the campaign trail like he still he knows like you said it's intentional and specific and he's not afraid he's not yeah, nervous it actually changed nothing... my opinion about 2024 honestly yeah me too me too i was like oh bring it nikki haley what you got you religious bitch what you gonna say that abortion is not illegal enough is that what you're gonna say that you believe in old reagan conservatism nobody fucking knows what that means anymore they voted for trump because they were sick of that shit too so you have nothing and what like to get back to kind of how this relates to pennsylvania and why we kind of want people to think about politics from that sort of state politics out perspective is that that will create skilled democrats the 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 pencil right. the success right. of the pennsylvania legislature and it's because the, the Northeast is still a, a haven of kind of, well, I'll just say sort of like democratic liberalism because of the nature of the larger metropolitan areas, because of New York City, be, whatever. It just is. It's just the way it is. Um, and it hasn't been the fact that that Hillary lost Pennsylvania was a very big deal. And the fact that not only did Biden win it back, but the Democrats won state power back. That's very good for economic policy that's very good for environmental policy that's very good for again healthcare access things like that and people who work in these bodies right now for these lawmakers will learn stuff that is important about policy that's one of the things that has been one of the biggest problems plaguing american liberalism or american progressivism or you want to call it is that nobody could get a job anywhere Right. Like you couldn't go work for like a young lawmaker in any body. You just if you didn't get a job working in like for a California Democrat or working as a clerk in D.C. somewhere like you were kind of fucked. Like it was just a very Republican country on the statewide level for 15 solid years. Right. Like yeah. Sean, am I about right there with my rough math in Pennsylvania specifically? Well, I just mean kind of nationally with like. Uh, with really like with state houses, like the flip that we had this last right. midterm cycle yeah. and the lean back, that's the first time since like what, 07 or since something? Since 2010, yeah, I think time. they ended up, the Republicans yeah. had at, at the peak, they might have had 35 or more legislatures. I, th yeah. I think it was 35, but just think about yeah. how insane that, like it was nuts. Right. Like that's how we got here, right? Right. Yeah. And I, you know, another thing about Pennsylvania as we keep clicking through, you know, like being a bellwether on the big issues of the day. So like, Another way that the the president Biden um, baited the Republicans really effectively is that on the issues like you know these Republicans, the politicians especially are so just obsessed. I think with like what's happening on Tucker Carlson and like yes. you know their own little echo chamber. But like the big things were you know fentanyl and the border, and uh, you know Medicare and Social Security and the assault weapons ban. Um, I think were the big things that that biden has been uh you know prioritizing and those are the issues that swing voters are interested in and in a place like pennsylvania where gun rights are not a joke you know people in pennsylvania it's a huge state where a lot of people do not live in big cities and you know it's probably a lot like you know places in the south and midwest when it comes to their gun policies i know it's not at all like you know their neighbor to the to the north and east new york or new jersey so the fact that these state elections these legislative elections out in the pittsburgh suburbs you know voters are not worried that someone's going to take their guns away voters are worried they're going to be gunned down with a 50 caliber shell in the fucking grocery store and you know but they're worried they're going to take your social security and medicare and basic freedoms away 
not 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 the guns they're, they're not yeah just, they're just not rational it voters kinda, are not and the republicans they, they do that. they do hate it when democrats say that they're going to take away <laughs> medicare and social security but there's always always very recent tape of a very high-ranking republican and there saying, was this time rick scott right. is out there doing it and mcconnell even went on record and was like that's what he said like yeah, right. that's what Rick Scott George, said. So George, you can walk away George all wants, W. Bush, George W. Bush administration got a bill on the floor yes. of the Senate to defund fucking Social they, Security they and turn it into like a glorified. It. Yes, so it's not far fetched. Like these things have real legs in history, and for people that are reasonably aware of of any semblance of legislative policy, knows this is not just a possibility. It almost happened. Yeah, yeah, like, and if, and we have a situation like politically message wise where like the republicans are are not saying what they like to say like republicans are usually so venomous and aggressive with their hateful rhetoric and when they say something like it's not fair that he said we want to pass this kind of law like that's what they're actually saying to people like they don't like that he said what they want to do it's like that's not persuasive you know it's not persuasive to voters um so yeah, I think right. Pennsylvania is a bellwether and Democrats are doing really well in Pennsylvania. The governor of Pennsylvania, Josh Shapiro, just did a really cool thing. His very first executive order, he changed the requirements for state government jobs to, I think, 92% of the jobs that required a college degree. He said, we're going to focus on ability, not pedigree from here on out. Yeah. And so that's the kind of stuff, you know, two out of three Americans do not have a degree. And if all the Democrats and progressives are only talking to people with degrees, that's how we lose. Yeah. Um, so absolutely. PA and, and, just, for life. and I just want to say really officially cool. that when Sean, when Sean told me that earlier this week about Shapiro, I'd be like, is that my new political crush? Yeah. I think he's do I have a, a new political, new political crush, crush on yeah. Josh Shapiro? It's such a I good and easy persuaded. move too to just remind yeah. folks of like, what, what can the democratic party be? It, it doesn't have to, you know, it's become labeled as this, you know, elite, effete, snobbery. Which type. was which was purposeful, right? right. Of, it was, of course it was. But it's such and, an easy way to just remind folks that that's not really the basics of of the Democratic Party. That it is a much more, um, you know, there's there's a there's a bad period for the Democratic Party from about 1855 to about 1962. Uh, but other than that, uh, it has historically been a more open. Uh, party more that, that's more populous and yeah exactly if you you know go all the way back and and you know the debates of hamilton and jefferson um which uh, i've been listening to an excellent audiobook on that um and you know that's that was really what it came down to right the the, the attacks on hamilton were about anti-populism and anti-people and you know that he was pro-monarchical and all that stuff and that jefferson was the populist and that that was the the democratic republican zeal was was you know participation in government and and populism except for the whole you know three-fifths compromise thing which uh, they like to paper over that one a lot but but uh, and, and then it puts them in the position right they pick a lane is joe biden the old man who can't possibly get anything done who doesn't know what's going on who you know takes a shit in his slippers because he doesn't know where the toilet is or is he just so mean is he just such a meanie guy who's just so unfair and he's just such or a is he, politician or is, he, or is he in league with satan Right, right. He I'm sorry. Is most that folks see Satan. <laughs> but mo uh, most folks see that. Uh, I think Aaron Haynes at uh, I'm trying to remember the 19th is um is her publication. Um, she was saying on Washington Week that 
you know, in contrast to Trump and the fucking chaos Republicans, like Biden is the happy warrior. He is the steady right. as she goes guy. And so like, if you believe the stuff Marjorie Taylor Greene is saying, then it's like, obviously Republicans are the only way forward. But it's like, if you're in reality, if you're living in the real world, like most people, you know, he is a much more uh, appealing and believable. It's also, yeah. <laughs> and I also just say that there's a level of like, un, again, like shocked, shocked from saying this. He's pretty unflappable. I mean, like, he's right. just this guy. He's been, he has he's seen been it involved. All. Yes. So he knows exactly where to, what, when you open a box, I want to make a document joke. I'm not going to, because who's talking about that anymore? Um, <laughs> like, when, when he, when he points to an office, he knows exactly who's behind that door, what they yeah. can and can't do. And if he doesn't know the answer, he knows who to ping to say, I need to know what we can do about that. And he's just had his head down. And when he looks up, he kind of has some swagger. Like, it's just like, what? Am I doing this? I signed a bill. Uh, Inflation Reduction Act. I got to go to Ukraine. I'll see you all later. Like, he's just kind of in it's his just stride. just being a president. The adult. Yes. Yeah, but also exactly. in a way that I don't feel like we've had for some time. Like, no, it's sort of. Yeah. He's yeah, sort of I a more populist right. Bill Clinton in a way. Like, there's just this it's kind like of like. Take- Joe Biden from the 80s and add yes. hanging out with Barack Obama for eight yes. years and you yes. get a pretty yes. good president. Yes. Well, thanks for hanging out, guys. Okay. <laughs> I think that's a good I place hope you feel edit. better, man. Thank you. I hope you well, feel you know, so here's the deal. Uh, if you're still listening to this at this point, then you'll understand why this matters so much. Uh, so I placed a future bet in August. Uh, a man and I went out to dinner and went to Top Golf and uh, we went over to Leewood. For dinner in Kansas, uh, which has wonderful dinner options. And uh, while we were sitting at dinner, I placed a bunch of NFL bets for the week and I placed two future bets for the Super Bowl. I bet $10 on the Philadelphia Eagles to win the Super Bowl at plus 3,000 odds. And I placed $20 on the Kansas City Chiefs to win the Super Bowl at plus 2,000 odds. Hell yeah. I cannot lose. You wow. cannot lose. Is I there, cannot lose. Whichever no team spread? wins. No, so I picked straight up on just to win the Super Bowl for the year, and then you just get the huge odds at the beginning of the season because they haven't played any games yet. So That's that so $10 great. bet on Philadelphia pays out 250 So if I'm sad because the Chiefs lost, you know, I still got the meat lover's pizza in the trunk. You can so. buy some shoes or something. You can like you could like actually like you could you could buy some electronics with that. Yeah. Either way, I will be up uh $560 positive on my NFL wagering on the season when the Super Bowl ends. And I just want to say I can't wait to um, pay my Kansas income tax on that. And uh, <laughs> my dinner in Kansas was great. And the tax money I spent at the recreation after dinner was great. And the gas that I bought in Kansas was great. Uh, and all of that economic activity in Kansas was great. And the Missouri legislature uh, needs to stop doing the dumb shit and start doing the real shit. That would be wonderful. So. You know what else was great? We still got that meat lovers pizza. We still got that meat lovers pizza in the trunk. I was really, yeah. I was really, I was really, I was really kind of hoping that you were going to say, you know what else is great? Rachel got a like fat big settlement. Well, that too, that too. But that's the meat that lovers pizza, so. baby. No matter what, if you don't get the chicken wings, make sure you get that meat lovers pizza in the trunk, and you, you know, life is life is good, which is where you want to keep. A meat lover's pizza is is in the Surprised you didn't know that. Surprised you didn't know that. All right. <laughs> 
Heartland Pod is a production of Midmap Media, LLC. Follow us on Twitter with at the Heartland Pod. With email, you can reach us, heartlandpod2020 at gmail.com. Online with heartlandpod.com. Subscribe and please sign up for our Patreon with patreon.com slash heartlandpod. Become a podhead or an official podgressive today and unlock all of our content. See you at the next show. <laughs>